Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode 21 of Real Travels. I'm your host, Lisa Iannucci, and on today's show, I'm deviating from my regular format for a very special reason. I'll be back next episode with a Celebrity Minute with Liz Kiefer, most commonly known as Blake Marler, on my favorite soap opera, Guiding Light. Next episode will also focus on a trip to the Jimmy Stewart Museum in Indiana, Pennsylvania. But if you ever wanted to be a freelance writer, specifically a successful one, and I know many of you want to travel full-time, maybe in an RV or some other way and are looking for remote work, this episode is for you. decided to create this particular episode. But first to do that, I have to tell you a little bit about me. And if you don't know about me, um, you will learn just a little bit. Um, I've been a freelance writer, a full-time freelance writer, which means this is not a hobby for me. This is my business and it has been my business for more than 30 years. Um, I'll be very honest, I'm 54. I actually started freelancing when I was very young. I was in my early 20s. I did it part-time for a few years, and then when I had my daughter, um, I decided to stay at home and make it my full-time career, and I've worked from home the entire time since then. I've written about 20 books, um, including traditionally published books, which means I had an agent and possibly a ghost, um, not a ghostwriter, a co-author. I've also done ghostwriting for clients. So I have books out there that I've written that don't have my name on them. And I've written so many articles for national magazines and newspapers that I lost track. And when I'm downsizing my home, it it has literally taken boxes upon boxes of going through all the articles that I've written. And I'm telling you all of this for a reason. Now, during the course of the years that I've been writing, I've written on many, many topics. I've written on real estate, health, property management, business, entertainment, film, television, and travel. I am not right now a full-time travel writer or blogger, but I am a full-time writer. I do dabble in travel writing and blogging, which is how you guys know me from The Virgin Traveler, as well as my book, On Location, A Film and TV Lover's Travel Guide. So I make a portion of my income from travel writing. I have also taught freelance writing courses all over New York State. I've been a panelist on many writers' conferences about this same topic, and I've written many articles on pitching magazines and making money freelancing. I say all that because in case you don't know me, I want you to know that I come to this episode with an expertise. So personally, my goal over the next year is to sell my home, which if you've listened to previous podcasts, you know I'm in the process of trying to do and finally buy my RV. I want a small apartment, and I want an RV, which I will then use to work and live on the road. Now, because of this goal of mine, I've been listening to many, many podcasts about how to make money on the road. I belong to many, many um, 
forums, uh, groups on Facebook that people who want to do the same thing I want to do want to know how do you make money. I have also signed up for summits that other experts have come around and talked about how they make money either as a writer or a blogger. And I know so many people, when you get on the road and you want to be remote, need to know, well, how do I make money? And writer is often recommended as a way to make money, blogging as well. So I've been devouring all these podcasts, and many of them are fantastic. And I've mentioned some of the podcasts I love in previous episodes. In case you missed that, you can go to the last couple ones. Um, and I've signed up, like I said, for these summits. And their tips and their stories are great, but I feel like they're missing something. I've heard some travel bloggers talk about how they make money with affiliate marketing while working on their blogs, but I also heard some of the same travel bloggers in different interviews say it took them years to even see a profit. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to get on the road and make a living, I don't have years to make a profit. I need to be able to eat, pay my bills, put gas in the RV, see the world. So how do you do this? So I decided that I needed an episode to give you tips on becoming a successful remote freelance writer. Again, please understand, I've done this for 30 years. So here are some tips, and I might add to this in other episodes down the road. If there's something in particular you want to know about, please let me know. All I ask for doing this episode, I'm going to be sharing it in, in the different groups that I belong to because I think the information is helpful. All I ask is that if you like the tips that you're getting, please just leave me a review. Wherever you watch this or listen to this, leave me a review. Leave me a rating on iTunes. That's all I ask in return. And typically, I charge for this stuff. I'm actually out as a consultant, and um, I charge as a speaker, and I've spoken at libraries, and I've done all of this stuff. So I'm giving this information out for free because I really want the RV community to understand what the writing business is about. So let's first start with learn the business. Now, most of what I've heard about is wannabe writers. Oh, well, I should say most of what I've heard is about wannabe writers writing for websites. I don't hear many podcasts talking about writing for print magazines or newspapers, and that's a mistake. And the reason why is I never put all my eggs in one basket. You never know in this business when a website's going to stop because that has happened, or you, I mean, how many times have you seen how many writers getting laid off from websites and the websites going down, or print magazines folding, or newspapers folding. So when I do my work, I make sure that I have a wide variety of income from different sources. So if all of a sudden I look at my sheet and I have a lot of print publications, I'll make sure to jump on and try to get some web work. You never know when it's going to slow down. So all of a sudden a client who has been a great client for you for a while you might find that you're waiting for a paycheck, and when you find out why, it's because maybe the accounting department is slowing down. They've laid people off or whatever reason it is. Now, all of a sudden, you're waiting for a check from maybe one client, and 
by having other clients in the business and other clients in different industries and different areas of writing, you don't have to worry about, well, gee, this client over here is behind in paying me, but I have this money over here coming. So once, you know, once I get that money in, I'll be okay, but I'm not frantic because I know that I'll have A, B, and C client over here who pay me. And I'm not waiting for just one client. So I go strike blogs for a client who pays me weekly. I write branded content for companies that pay me every other week. And my newspaper client also pays me every other week. My book clients pay monthly. So unless you have a good reason, a really good reason to write for one publication or one website or one client, and they're paying you enough to cover your bills and your travel expenses, consider diversifying yourself and learn how each area works. Learn how the websites work. Learn how the newspapers work. Learn how the magazines work. Now, that in itself can be a podcast, just breaking all of that down. But I'm going to try to give you a little bit of a breakdown. So first, let's start with websites. Let's say I pitch. And what I mean by pitch is you might hear the word pitch or you might hear a query letter. So I might query an editor, which basically means I have an idea and I want to email an editor and let them know what that idea is and see if they're interested in it. So I'm either pitching them the idea or querying them the idea. They're interchangeable. So let's say I'm pitching a website, an article on selling everything and living in an RV to a website. Now they buy it. In many cases, the editor will probably give you a very quick deadline for a website. And maybe if you might have an editor too back and forth, but typically the article is going to appear on the website very quickly, a lot faster than it would be in print. So you're going to pitch that same article to a print publication that say is only published monthly, and your article might not run till next summer. Maybe you're writing it for a publication that's only published quarterly. Believe it or not, in the past, I don't do it anymore. I've done a couple quarterly publications, and my article didn't come out for a year and a half. But maybe you're pitching it to a daily newspaper, which kind of work like websites. The deadline's typically sooner, and the article is up on the website or in print faster. So why does this all matter? It matters because of how you're going to get paid. Is the publication paying you when the article runs or when you submit it? Every single client of mine except for one pays me when I submit an article. Now, that's because you don't know what, for what reason your article can get bumped. So if I submit an article today, I'm going to submit an invoice with it today, and I'm going to expect to be paid within 30 days. That's typically for me. But if you have to wait till that article's published and you're working with a website that doesn't publish for a few months or a publication that won't publish you till next year, that's when you're going to get paid. So if you're on the road and you're trying to make a living doing this, you need to know when you're going to get paid so that you can monitor your income stream. So now let's say you've landed that assignment. Great. Don't make the rookie mistake of not pitching other editors, other ideas until you're done with this article. Throughout the course of my career, I've taught many people in my years who once say they get an assignment, as soon as they get an assignment, 
They're going to stop pitching, get that article done, impress that editor, and then get back to marketing themselves, pitching, things like that. Wrong. You want to treat this like a business. Think about it. Let's say you're selling stocks. One customer wants to buy a pair of stocks. It doesn't mean you stop what you're doing, get in the car, and drive the stocks to your customer's house. You send the stocks out, continue marketing, right? You don't get caught up in all of that. You literally, for the writing industry, should be spending, especially if you're at the beginning part of your career, a large portion of your, a large portion of your day marketing and pitching so that you start getting a lot of assignments coming in and you don't have to worry about, gee, I'm now done with this assignment, but now I have nothing on the docket. I got to start from scratch. No. You market just as much, if not more, at the beginning of your career. You get your ideas together. You're constantly sending out queries and letters of introduction to editors and, and whatever you need to do to get your name out there. And then you also take that time to do that article. You have to find that balance. I can't tell you what it's like to think, hey, I got an assignment. Maybe, maybe you're going to get paid $1,000. That's wonderful. But you're going to be working on that assignment for a certain period of time, and then all of a sudden you send it in. Now you're waiting for that payment. You got nothing else to work on? No. So market, market, market. You can't stop and expect the work to be there when this one article that you landed, which is terrific, is done. So my third tip is, I just said, one article, right? Turn one article idea into three, four, five ideas for different types of publications and websites. Now, if you have been listening to RV podcasts talk about making passive income on the road, and I listen to a passive income um, podcast also, Writers can do that. I'm actually in the process of putting together some of my own passive income streams so that you write it once, maybe publish something on Amazon, you get the money because people are buying it, and you're doing other things, and you're making money without even doing anything. I'm tired of working so hard, too. So I am doing that. But in one area of my business, I try to maximize the output. Now, what does that mean? Okay, so let's say you're on the road and you find this great little town to write about. How many article ideas can you get out of it? Of course, I have to take a sip because I'm so used to running uh, interviews. <laughs> I forgot how dry my throat gets when I'm talking by myself. Okay, so how many article ideas can you get out of it? So you find this great little town. You're on the road. You're like, this is a forgotten little town. There's, I should write about it for a travel magazine. Okay, that's one idea, the forgotten town. Well, maybe that forgotten town has its roots in Western movies. So why not pitch a history magazine or an entertainment magazine on the angle of this forgotten town and its roots in Western movies? Two articles. Now you go into town and you come across this great little restaurant that nobody knew anything about. The townspeople love it, but it really hasn't gotten any kind of national press. And, and you love this restaurant for whatever reason. Now you can pitch a culinary website or a publication about the great restaurant you found in this little forgotten town. 
But maybe they're trying to, maybe you do a little bit of digging and you find out that this little forgotten town that has its background in Western movies is going to try to create an amusement park based on Western movies. Okay, that was a little interesting, a little bit of a stretch for me, but I love the idea. So I made that up. But let's say that's what you find out in your, in your travels and you're talking to people in town and you're like, yeah, they're working on bringing this amusement park where you get to be cowboys and all this other stuff, right? So why not pitch a kid's publication on an amusement park or a parent's publication or a tra- another travel business publication because that's a business. You are in one space. You have met, found one town. How many article ideas can you get out of that one stop? And, of course, there's pitching an entertainment publication about the resurgence of Western movies. Is it a good thing? Is it not a good thing? Do a little digging. Are other big production companies coming up with Western movies? Could be a tie-in to this forgotten little town. Okay, so stick with me on this because you're not going to get every assignment that you pitch. I know that. But in order to maximize your career, in order for you to not be reinventing the wheel every time you're looking for an article idea, you have to look for multiple angles of the same idea, okay? And that's how you start to become a business. So when you're first starting out, you may have more success being a general writer, even if you want to specialize in a particular area. As you get more assignments and more income, the most important part about running this business on the road, right? You can start to specialize more. And I'm going to get into that in a second because that's what exactly what I did. Now, I want to take a little side trip and tell you, you can start your writing career before you even get on the road. You can start your travel writing career before you even get on the road. And that's to start by writing locally. So if you are, I'm going to be honest with you, I live in the Hudson Valley, New York area. I think I've mentioned this before. I write about the area a lot. And I have a name here. Uh, People know me from the publications. If I were to write articles about the Hudson Valley, I could be in California once I hit the road and still write articles about my hometown. So my point being is that if this is really what you want to do, you should be starting now. I don't care if you live in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and if you do, I'm jealous because I'm a Packer fan. I don't care if you live in Seattle. I don't care if you live in Orlando. I don't care where you live. Start writing travel articles now. Start coming up with ideas about your hometown now and learn to pitch. Start pitching your local editors or start pitching national editors about what's going on in your hometown. Start working on it now, even if you haven't bought that RV yet, even if you're not on the road yet. That's how you start, okay? So at the beginning of the show, I told you about how many topics I've written about. Travel and film have always been my favorite things to write about. But I have to be honest that entertainment writing isn't the most lucrative writing. So throughout my years, I've learned to combine what I love to do, which is writing about celebrities and film and television, with something else that pays me more. And at the time, and it's gone up in different directions over the years, but health writing I'm going to use as an example. Um, I was doing a lot of health writing when I first started in my career years ago, and I would write about pregnancy, and I would write about birth defects, and I would write about all these things, but I the inside of me was like, God, I really don't want to be doing this. I want to be writing about entertainment. So I started pitching editors about articles 
where I combined health conditions of celebrities. And I was then able to find celebrities who wanted to talk about something that they went through on a personal basis. Maybe they had a heart attack. Maybe they had diabetes. Whatever they went through, they would come out and they would talk about it. So it would be, you know, an, an interview with such and such celebrity, and I would I pitch the editor about it. And that's how I was able to start working with celebrities and still make money doing it because it was a health topic and health has a tendency, depending on the publications and the websites, to pay more than entertainment writing. Later on, I was like, okay, I'm doing this, but I really want to be on the road. I really want to travel, health, travel, health, travel. How could I combine them? Healthy travel. Well, I took, a, I took it another direction, and I would start writing about how celebrities stay healthy on the road. So I got my health in there. I got celebrities in there, and I got my travel in there. And, for example, years ago, I actually had a chance to interview some of the winners uh, or some of the contestants on American Idol and wondered how do they get to – how do they stay healthy when they were doing all of these different venues and traveling around, and what if somebody had a toothache, and what if somebody got sick, what happened? Um, I also had a chance to interview what happened if somebody gets sick on Survivor. So I had a chance to interview the producer of Survivor. So I combined my love. So you have to sit down and brainstorm how you can do the same thing, okay? What are your things that you want to combine? So as I moved on in my career, I started writing about film and entertainment more. I would start going to film festivals. I would start doing other things and talk about film travel or museums. So when I landed a gig on Travel Pulse, and I was there for about two years, I started writing blog posts about film tours and museums. That ultimately led to the idea of my book, which was on location of film and TV lovers travel guide, but more on that later. So what can you combine? Maybe you love to travel, but you're not getting assignments yet. Maybe you know science. Is there a science to travel? Is there a science museum you can talk about on a travel website? Maybe you want to write about traveling on the road with your children, a field that is absolutely swamped. I know so many people doing that. You're going to need to come up with an angle that maybe others haven't thought of to help you stand out from the crowd. You know, ma magazines and newspapers always had this, you know, pitch me something fresh. I always got tired of hearing that. Everything's been done. When was the last time it was done? Okay. What little spin, a little bit of a different spin can you put on it? What expertise can you bring to the table? Or maybe you want to specialize in blogging or writing about being an RVer. Look, I'm your competition there. I want to do the same thing. And there are so many people doing that. Every single podcaster that I'm listening to is writing about being an RVer. But maybe there's nobody writing about being an RVer who is traveling with their grandparents. I don't know. But think out of the box to help yourself stand out. Do some research. You're going to have, now back to the money thing, you're going to have ebbs and flows in your money. It is the reality of a freelance career. Now, of course, some people might say, no, I don't. My money comes in steadily, and that's great. But I'd rather you be prepared than to hit upon it suddenly when you're sitting in your RV, can't go anywhere because your client hasn't paid you. So let's plan for it just in case. 
let's say you're making $3,000 a month writing and all of a sudden a client drops out or a payment is late and your client's budget changed or you don't have any work for that month, what do you do? You have to learn how to swing around and face this challenge head on. Go back to the drawing board. Everything we talked about, start, you should not ever stop marketing yourself. So continue marketing yourself. Go back to the editors who you already are working with and ask them. I've been point blank honest with some editors and said, look, I lost the gig with so-and-so because their budget dropped. I desperately need some, some boost in my income. Do you have any assignments? Before I know it, I have extra assignments in my email. I've covered my butt, and I get back to the drawing board and get some more articles out there. Always be pitching and always look for new ways to make money. Speaking of that, I'm going to tell you right now, I am not an expert in affiliate marketing. But I have heard a lot of people talking about that they make money affiliate marketing with their blog. Now, there's a little bit of a difference here. I sell articles to websites and they pay me to write those articles. I don't right now work on affiliate marketing because that's writing for my own blog. And when people come to see and read, they click on the links and I make money that way. I'm learning about that too. And I'm hoping that's going to be one of my income streams within the next couple of months for the things that I'm working on. That's not, kind of, that's not the kind of writing I'm talking about here. Because I've also learned that in some of these interviews, people said that they have been doing affiliate marketing and they're finally starting to pay off. And when they're asked how long, they say, oh, it's been, it's been about two years, maybe almost three years, but it finally can make enough money to pay my, my travel tips or my travel expenses, et cetera. So people need to understand that if the only way you're thinking of making money as a travel blogger or writer is through posting on your blog and do it affiliate marketing, be prepared that that can take time. It may not for you, but it can, and I don't want you to be disappointed if it does. So while you're writing blog posts, pitch some of the ideas you're writing about to higher-paying markets. If you go into or online to Writer's Digest, Writer's Market, they have a list of all these markets that you can pitch to, just make sure you have the most up-to-date information as to who the editor is, because some of those things are done quite a while ago and there's turnover. I would also like to recommend that you check out the women, check out the binders groups on, on uh, Facebook. And also check out a website called Freelance Success. Um, I know Freelance Success very well. When you join, it's $99 a year. And every week they put out a newsletter that has markets that are looking for writers. There's so many opportunities out there and so many publications and websites that are looking for ideas. So it's a matter of learning where they are, okay? Now, and I can spend, I'm going to be honest with you, I can spend an entire podcast giving you a list of all of those places too. But those are, that's a few good places to start. And then from there, you might find some of your own. Consider turning some of your ideas that maybe you've been working on for a while, turn them into ebooks. okay? That's another way we talked about passive income. And you can take some of those ideas and turn them into ebooks. But you can also break, if you have, I know so many people have ideas for ebooks, break the ebooks down to articles that you would pitch to different publications. 
So, for example, if you're trying to write a book, an ebook on your travels as an RVer, that's great. But why not sell a portion of that? Maybe you're over 55. There are so many websites for over 55ers where you can sell your essays and your experiences. Think about, again, how can you do this to make money? So many people forget that when you're thinking about becoming an RVer on the road, remote, full-time, this is about making money. This is not a hobby. This is not a hobby for me. I love what I do, though, and that's very important. You really need to love what you do. But I run a business, and I haven't been able to stay in business for this many years, and I've had ebbs and flows, and I have had months where I've been waiting for um, editors to pay me and for book contracts to come in. <coughs> Excuse me. But I've learned how to balance it all. And that's what I'm trying to teach you. So this is a start, is how you can add to, how you can make money as a remote freelance writer. But again, it's just the start of what I know how to do. So I want to stop there. This is a relatively shorter episode for me. If you have any questions, let me know. You can follow me on Instagram, The Virgin Traveler. You can follow me on Twitter, at Virgin Traveler. Most importantly, if you like this podcast, can you please rate it on iTunes or leave me a review? I am going to be incorporating more travel tips and more writing tips to my podcast, as well as just having my regular shows. By the way, a new feature I'll also be adding is to make sure that when I speak to museums or you know, film tours or whatever I'm, whatever expert I'm talking to that week, I'm also going to make sure that I find out if that particular venue is RV friendly. That's my new thing. So that's very important to me. (laughs) Um, And I can't wait to be a bigger part of the RV community. But for right now, I want, you guys are all giving me your RV expertise. This time I wanted to give my writing expertise back. And I want to thank you for listening. And again, I'll be back with my regular episode next week. I have an interview with the Jimmy Stewart Museum. I really hope you'll tune in for that. Please, again, follow me on the social media that I mentioned. And in the meantime, get out and travel.